Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from our studios in Woodland Hills, California. So excited to be here with you this morning. we got a big show. We're going to hit jargon of the day. Then we've got two different guests about two different uh, event kind of things that are going on. Uh, we have someone from Mere Minds joining us to talk about a video game that is being made right now that has a, a, a character that is a leading character that's on the autism spectrum that aspires to do more than just be fun, but it aspires to be fun as well. So, And there's a way that you can get involved as they're building the game. So we're going to be joining our guests uh, to talk about that. And then later in the show, we're going to be showing you an interview with Alex Lynn, who is the founder of Autism Rocks, the concert that happens pretty much on a yearly basis. There were a couple of years off because of COVID, but it is happening this weekend if you're in the Los Angeles area at Universal Studios Hollywood in their outdoor arena. You don't have to get, you don't have to go into the amusement park. It's on the city walk um, and it's free to everyone. Great, great lineup. Alex is going to tell us about who's going to be performing. It'll be really, and if you watch American Idol, you're going to want to be there. I'm just telling you now. Uh, so all of that and much more, plus your comments coming up. We are live right now. Today is Wednesday, July 12th. We're excited to be here with you live. Parker, I'm so excited you're here, and I'm so excited that your dog came home. Uh, but uh, thrilled that you're here. Been looking forward to you here. Uh, as a gamer, Parker says, I'm excited hearing about this game being developed. And I've, they've got a survey that you're going to want to fill out, Parker, uh, so that you can be involved and give them your opinions about things. So really, it's it's exciting. Uh, but again, we're, we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, Traven has started showing you if you're watching the, the video podcast, which you can get anytime on YouTube. Uh, but we are live right now on YouTube. We're live on Facebook, and we are live on Twitter. Now, later on, it will be available as a podcast that you can listen to. Many more of you partake of our content in that way. We encourage you to check out our content um, on any of the podcast platforms that you get. We have, in the past few months, been ramping up so that there are more advertisements on our podcast, and we hope that you're enjoying that. 
and that you enjoy the fact that that's what keeps us live and available to be on the air. Some of you have said, boy, I'd really like a listening experience that doesn't have the advertising. And we do have a subscriber service that's coming to you in the next couple of weeks where you can subscribe for a very low cost for the year and get our podcasts ad-free. Uh, you know, the there might be internal ads, but it would be ad-free from the, um, the things that get on podcasts. You know what I'm saying. Uh, I don't understand it, but you know. You guys understand that much more than I do. But we're live right now, and so just like Parker, you can be writing in and you can be a part of the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. I especially love to know where in the world you're watching from because I am geographically challenged. Can we say is that a politically correct term? I am not good with geography. And um, it helps me because I care about where you are. And sometimes, like our friend who wrote to us from Rock of Gibraltar, and I was like, I'm not sure I know where that is. And then I went and looked it up. And now I know more about Rock of Gibraltar than I ever did before because I got interested in it because it was one of you. So tell me about where you are and I will, I will get curious. Uh, <laughs> if somebody had just done that when I was a kid and made a more human element to geography, maybe I would know where things are. But I don't. Um, Parker says, I saw a post on social media about an ABA professional shorting a parent five hours in one month. I'll email it to you because I want Dr. Doreen to answer it and for her to give that parent advice. Okay, send that to me, Parker. I'll look forward to getting that. And we are going to have Dr. Doreen uh, on uh, Tuesday for Ask Dr. Doreen. Uh, And then we won't have her for the following week, but we have her this coming week, which will be really super fun. But I'd like to know more about that, Parker. Uh, about what the whys and wherefores are of that. Okay, so it's Wednesday, and we haven't done jargon of the day in a little while, although we did play a best of jargon over the holiday weekend. But we've got a term. I don't know that we've actually done this term before, maybe once before. Uh, But it's a term that I'm hearing bandied about much more, and so we wanted to take it on today. For those of you who maybe aren't as familiar with the show, We take on jargon of the day, so what we do is we give you an actual definition, sometimes from an encyclopedia, you know, online kind of thing, or Wikipedia, or a tome that is for professionals that are in the psychology field, and then we give you the definition, and then we try to make fun of it. It's not hard. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? The definitions are often really dense and full of other jargon and kind of convoluted and ridiculous. But then we always follow that up with giving you a working definition where we try to really pare it down to what you need to know without a lot of intensive jargon. And then I try to give you an example so that it's something that you can put in your hip pocket and be like, I kind of know what this is. If you don't get it the first time, we always tell you, be patient with yourself because these terms are dense and I kind of feel like sometimes you got to hear it three times before you go, oh, and then see it in your own life. So just like me with the geography, if it makes sense to you, there's something going on in your life that motivates you, then suddenly you're more curious about it and it makes more sense. So uh, dysgraphia, let's take it on. So let's look at what our actual definition of dysgraphia is. And I think uh, that, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, dysgraphia is a specific learning disorder in written expression referring to A, the language-based difficulties involved in constructing meaningful and effectively structured expressive writing, and B, ongoing weaknesses in spelling and punctuation that affect a student's capacity to express their ideas with clarity. 
And this quote is from Dyslexia Spelled Foundation. Um, okay, so that's, you know, I mean, we understand that a little bit, but it's like, I don't really know what it looks like. I don't, I don't really get it. So let's move on to our working definition and see what we have there. It's a diagnosed learning issue with exp- uh, expressing thoughts through writing. Many individuals with dysgraphia are also dyslexic. Okay, um, but basically, if, if you have a child who is having trouble writing, I want to encourage you to get them looked at by an expert in dysgraphia. Dysgraphia could be someone who also has dyslexia, but often when it's autism, it isn't. Um, That it's very easy for an individual with autism to have dysgraphia and not dyslexia, okay? So I want to make sure that we say that. Did we have an additional slide where we talked about the different areas that could be affected by that, um, Traven, or did we, we didn't, we don't have that? Um, Because there are so many different things. What's that? Okay. Um, There are so many different things in in dysgraphia, so many different areas um, that it can possibly affect from, think about all the things that are involved in writing. Uh, First of all, it's a fine motor exercise, right? So your child might be having difficulty writing because of the fine motor. And if that were the case, and they could be diagnosed with dysgraphia because getting what I want to say down my arm and onto the paper is, uh, if I can't do that, that could be dysgraphia, right? But dysgraphia could be that I can't do it because I can't coordinate my muscles, right? And then we would work on that in one specific way. Dysgraphia could also be that my eyes are not focusing and tracking So when I'm trying to write something, things are skipping and I can't quite get it, right? Then we would work on that in a different way. It could be dyslexia, that as I'm writing, the words that are in my head are flipping on the page, right? And and it's throwing me off. There's another part of dysgraphia that things that they've noticed for individuals when it comes to autism is that other kids that are not on the spectrum they don't lift their pencil off the paper as much and that our kids do and that when they do that, they have to orient back to where was I and put the, put the pencil back on and when they do that, they might be missing something that's going on in front of them. So this becomes a really difficult thing for our kids to take notes, right? And if you can't take notes, then you have to go, if you're in a class, If you're not taking notes on something, then you have to remember it all. And if you have difficulties with working memory, guess where we're at? You are not going to be able to regurgitate what you learned on a test, right? If you're having trouble getting your thoughts onto the paper, test is going to be hard. If you have trouble getting your notes onto the paper, tests are going to be hard, right? And it's not going to matter whether it's multiple choice, short answer, or essay. They're all going to be hard. So if you have a loved one that you know that is, if you, if I said to you, plain and simple, can they take what they're thinking and express it on paper? If they can't, you should have them be evaluated for dysgraphia. Now, if they're four, <laughs> right? If they're four, we're going to continue because most people at four can't do that, right? So age appropriate. Um, but by the time they're five, for instance, they should be able to write their name. 
and they should be able to do the beginnings of a sentence. And one of the things that happens with dysgraphia is if you get a little bit behind, then you start getting more and more behind. So grammar is going to be hard. Punctuation is going to be hard. Capitalization, all of that stuff is going to be harder because I'm having to wade through whatever the issue is. It's really important with dysgraphia, though, that we don't just slap a Band-Aid on it and say, oh, well, then let's do vision therapy. Because if I'm somebody who is having a physical issue, getting the message from here to here, then, you know, it's not a visual thing. So it's really important to not just have the, the school, you know, librarian testing for dysgraphia or take their word for it that your child has dysgraphia. It's really important to go to an expert for dysgraphia. But then, then once you have determined, okay, this is dysgraphia, they have a real issue with getting that message from here down the arm onto the paper, um, then you get that diagnosis and then you start to look at what are the skills that need to be shored up for this individual so that they do have the ability. And we don't just um, try to compensate. We don't, I, here's what I'm trying to say. There's two different ways of this, right? We want to shore up what the deficits are, but we also want to make it easier while we're doing that. So we accommodate it. We do things like we give people keyboards um, because sometimes that's easier depending on what part of the dysgraphia you have. Sometimes it is easier to keyboard because the keys, keys don't jump around, right? Uh, not for everybody, right? For other people, it might be that we're going to have a note taker sit there in the classroom and take notes with the person. There are people at the college level, graduate school level, who have note takers, why? Because they're brilliant individuals. They totally have the ability to do the work of the class. They just don't have the ability to take the notes. Why would we leave them out in the cold? Some brilliant scientists, brilliant minds that just can't take notes. Of course, we want to be able to work on these things so that the skill gets better and better. But at a certain point, um, you know, there are all kinds of uh, uh, tricks that adults use now um, I love that in Google Docs, if you don't know this, this was life-changing for me a couple of years ago. If you open a Google Doc, there's a little thing that has a microphone and you click it and then you speak and it types out what you say. Think about how I made, this is not AI, it's typing what you say. Then you can go back in and edit it and fix the punctuation, but the bones of it are there. So, you know, a pretty fabulous thing. So dysgraphia. Don't leave people to just suffer. If you know someone who is struggling in any way with getting their thoughts in a written form, then it is time to ask for an evaluation for dysgraphia. Okay, you guys have written in a whole bunch. I want to see what everybody wrote. Liliana, good morning. Carla, so glad that you're here from Liverpool, England. We're the Fab Four from, uh, I want to create a business to teach children about um, autism and spiritual gifts to inspire the world. You'll want to see, we've done a couple of different shows about uh, the spirituality of autism and um, Bill Stilwell, you'll want to see the, the show that we did with him. Um, and you might want to reach out to him because there, there is a, a, a group of people who, you know, um, this is what they're talking about. So I would, I would definitely check those videos out, Carla. Parker says, Shannon, uh, I saw something on YouTube very concerning. I will email you more about it. Um, but I saw a mom take her autistic boy who looks around 12 to a faith healer and the healer prayed and she said the autism is cured. 
uh, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's very concerning. I'll ask Dr. Dreen about it too. Um, yeah. So here's what I want to say about that, Parker. Uh, we just talked about spirituality and autism, and everybody has a right to believe whatever they want to believe. Um, and it's a fine line, right? I know plenty of people who will pray about their themselves and their children on the autism spectrum and to pray for relief from symptoms. And, and it's a continuum, right? And up, up to um, somebody doing something like this. Now, obviously, uh, we don't suggest here that you can pray anything away, um, right? Um, and you certainly can't pray autism away. But, you know, if part of your spiritual life is having a, a connection to a higher power to pray for the strength to be able to help your child, right? I, you know, but it's a continuum and everybody needs to be able to think what they think. But we'll ask Dr. Grampichet also. But obviously, our official p- position here is that there is no cure for autism and that there is no need to cure autism. Autism is, is not something that needs to be cured. We need to support people and help them to skill build so that they can do the things that they want to do. Laurie, good morning to you. I'm so excited for you to get your box tomorrow. I can't wait to hear from you. Uh, And Parker says, I'm a man of faith and I worry about uh, both sides of autism and the religion side. I know it's so concerning and it's concerning when, you know, people are, like I said, they're allowed to believe whatever they want to believe, but then when it goes on the internet and then it influences people, it can be very concerning to all of us. The thing I remind myself all the time, Parker, is I don't have control over that. And if I don't have control over that, then it's not, I don't have any authority. It's not my domain. And I think about what do I have control over? I have control over how I react. I have control over, you know, what message I'm spreading to people. Um, And I think that it's wonderful to be a person of faith and to bring that into your family that has a child with autism. Um, How you decide to do that is entirely up to you. And I don't have any control over that. So that's my, my thought process on that. But we'll ask Dr. Doreen too. Uh, okay. Next, we, we got to bring in our, our first guest here because we're welcoming for the first time. I'm hoping that I do not slaughter this gentleman's name. Uh, sorry, Trayvon, what'd you say? Okay, he's not here yet. So we have, but I, it's going to take me a couple of minutes here to talk about him. I'm going to be well, and he's not here. So if I slaughter his name, he won't know. Uh, Dr. Salim Al-Nuami. He is uh, the consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist, assistant clinical professor, director of psychiatry, University of Alberta, co-founder of Mere Minds Technologies. So we're going to be talking with him today about Mere Minds Technologies and a new game that they have, um, that they're in development of right now. Dr. Al-Nuami was born and raised in Alberta, Canada. Uh, He completed his medical training specialty residency in in psychiatry and master of science in neurochemistry at the University of Alberta. He is a child and adolescent psychiatrist specializing in crisis services, psychodynamic psychotherapy, and neuropsychiatric development disorders, with a special interest in autism spectrum disorders and Tourette's syndrome. He has worked at uh, uh, specialized tertiary services, including the Stollery Children's Hospital, Glen Ross Rehabilitation Hospital, and Royal Alexandra Hospital. He is currently consulting at the Learning and Developmental Clinic as well as in private practice. 
He is deeply involved with medical relief efforts, and he travels to conflict zones to assist with mental health relief efforts for refugees and displaced persons. He specializes in the use of telepsychiatry as a digital tool for providing psychiatric care to those in need with limited services. So, and good morning, uh, Susie. So thrilled that you're here. So he's going to be talking with us today about a very specific game that they have that they are working on. Um, and, and I'm going to ask him because I don't I have everything here, but I just don't have the name of the game. Uh, no, still don't have him, huh? No. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to talk a little bit about this game because it is in development. And we, we've seen lots of games before that have a character that uh, might be on the spectrum. And in some cases is specified as being on the spectrum. And we've seen leading characters in video games that are on the spectrum before. And we've loved that. Sometimes we've found out later that, oh, this character is on the spectrum. Love that too. Hi, Nicholas. Thrilled that you're here. Um, But there's been a lot of talk in the last five years, especially since we've had the sort of 3D element of could we harness the power of a video game to do other things? Can we harness it to teach? Can we harness it to teach people who are on the spectrum? Can we harness it to teach other people about people on the spectrum? Can we work on awareness in this way? And many people are saying yes and have been working really hard through the pandemic to bring us those kinds of games. Um, Carla says, and then we'll come back when our guest is here. Carla says, hi, thank you. When a person is an empath unknowingly, they absorb energy from anything or anywhere that they put their focus on. You can pick on spirit who had, you can pick on spirit who had mental health issues before passing. I don't know what that means, Carla, but I do think that there are people in, and it's one of the things that we talk about with Bill Stilwell, and I really want to encourage you to check out that interview that we did I think that there are people who are more open to other people's energies. Now, here's the really irony of the whole thing, is that so often people think of individuals who are on the autism spectrum as being closed off and in their own little world. But one of the things that we're finding is that they are so sensitive to what you are feeling, what you are thinking, what the energy in the room is, that it can be too much for them. And that, in fact, that is why... They are putting up a boundary because it's too much. And I think looking at autism in that way, instead of this old model of, oh, well, people who are on the spectrum have no emotions, they don't, uh, they have no empathy. Like, I, I, I mean, are we all in agreement on this? I, I, I mean, I've been in this community as a parent for, what, 17, 18 years it's abundantly clear to me that the case is that people on the autism spectrum feel more, not less, and that they are more empathetic, that they are more in tune, but sometimes that is too much. Our world has gone so sensory kafui that it can be too much for their gentle souls and too much information to take in all at the same time. Haven't we all gone to a concert where there's just flashing lights and then and you go, oh my gosh, it's too much for me, right? And then you want to sit someplace quiet afterwards after you've been to something like that. It's like, woo, my senses. But imagine if the whole world were like that on a daily basis for you, what would you need for yourself to be okay? So 
I think it's a really interesting conversation, um, Carla, uh, and if that's where you're going on it, where um, I do think that, and it's not just people who are on the spectrum, but I think people on the spectrum are more likely to have that sense of, of being able to pick up energy from other people. I know um, I, my mother was very much this, and I have, I have just a soups on of this. And when I used to teach college, it, there were certain times of the year that were harder for me because the, the students would just vibrate with anxiety. The first two days when the parents were dropping the kids around, whoo, the anxiety. And I totally would just feel it all with them, you know, even though I wasn't dropping a kid off at college, I would just feel the anxiety in the room. And then during finals week, man, I, uh, you just, like the whole room, you could feel it. It was just buzzing because the kids were all nervous. And I would say that to other people. I'm like, aren't you just picking up on all the energy of these kids? And they go, what are you talking about? That they weren't feeling it. But I know other people that are friends of mine that are on the autism spectrum that they, I'm feeling it at a four and they're feeling it at 12 on a, t- a scale of 10. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think we need to be open to the fact that everybody experiences the world in a different way and, um, and be more cognizant of that. Any luck, Traven? Um, And, of course, I don't have a phone number for this gentleman. I'm going to say this. They have a survey, um, because we're running out of time and we're going to have to get to that other interview. They have a survey that they would like you guys um, to take. Um, And and Traven's got it on the screen there. It's www.meremines, plural, M-I-N-D-S dot C-A slash survey. And they would love it if you would go and take the survey to talk a little bit with them about what you're, what you like in a video game, um, what you don't like in a video game, what you know, what you're hoping to see. I do want you to know that they are trying to build into the game uh, ways that, because there is the leading character who is someone who is on the autism spectrum that it gives people an opportunity to experience a sensory world in the way that this individual does um, so that they will be more compassionate. And that part of one of the things that I know from pre-interviewing them is that they're very concerned about the amount of bullying and that bullying comes from not being in a place of understanding and acceptance. And so um, they've built in things, a sensory experience into the game so that People can experience in a positive way sensory differences, um, but they also have built things in that are beneficial for individuals who are on the autism spectrum as well. So I don't, I don't know whether we're going to get them. Can we? How about this? Can we go ahead and go to the Alex Lynn interview, and then maybe if they come in later. Oh. Okay, he is here, but we have some. Um, we have some technical things going on. So we're going to pause for a couple of seconds to fix that. Um, but I do want to say, because we're not going to have very much time for this interview when we do get to it, um, that they have uh, a website that you can go to where you can check out the game, and they actually have some screenshots of the game as they're building it. You can go to www.mirrorminds.ca. So the same as the survey, just without the survey. Uh, they are also on Facebook, um, and you can find them on Facebook. I think they're under the name Mirror Minds on Facebook as well. 
I love this idea uh, because we have been saying for a long time, and I, and I know Dr. Grampiche is involved in building some games, um, that the first time that I played VR, and I avoided it forever. <laughs> Can I just tell you? I avoided it forever because I get car sick sitting here. Talking to you, I'm a little car sick. And if anything, we're moving, heaven help us all. I am the person who has to get off the merry-go-round. I have to take a, you know, a ginger supplement to get on the tram to get into Disneyland. I'm really not meant to travel. I don't know what, <laughs> what that's about, but my inner ear does, is not for travel. Um, so I thought, oh, I really don't want to do VR because VR is going to make me totally nauseous. And I watched my son playing VR once and he was climbing a wall in the, in the VR and I, I could see on the screen what he was seeing, but it, I, you forget how real it is for them. And he fell off of the wall and, he, and, you know, he's standing on the floor. There's no place for him to fall, but he fell off the wall and his bodily reaction to it, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, no, 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 I cannot, I cannot do this thing. But then we were in a mall somewhere in Texas and we had some time to kill. And he said, please, mom, please, will you try it? And I was a big convert. I was like, this is probably the coolest thing ever. And he started saving that year so that he could get a computer that was moved fast enough to do VR. This was many, many years ago. And the the first day that he had his VR system, he said, can we please take it and take it to work and show Dr. Grampiche? Because he got it. My son was like, this is a tool that can be used to help especially teens on the autism spectrum. And it's so funny how they have this Vulcan mind meld thing, uh, my son and Dr. Grampiche. And so he brought it. We got it all set up in a room and we asked her to come down and she put on the visor and she was like, a total convert then too. And she said, Oh, Jem, thank you for introducing this to me. And you know, she was like, Oh yes, I totally see. This is one of the things that I love about her is that connection that she has with, and she said it yesterday that, you know, one of her favorite age ranges is from teen up through like 30 years old. Um, because the ideas that individuals on the spectrum have and the way she connects with them is a powerful thing. If you ever have an opportunity to be around her when she's meeting with somebody like that, I love to watch her with my son. She gets him, he gets her, and it's a wonderful thing. And they did VR together. And, um, and Dr. Grampiche has been involved in that since. Uh, how are we doing, Traven? We able to bring our guest in? Okay, what we're going to do right now while we work on the technical difficulties is we're going to go to the Alex Lynn interview. This is Alex Lynn, who we've known since he was 15 years old, and his big concert is coming up this weekend. Take a look. We caught up with him. He's actually on a plane right now, so he couldn't be here live, so we had to pre-tape this interview. But when this is over, we're going to come back with however much time we have uh, with the Mere Minds folks. So take a look at Alex Lynn. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited because we're being joined right now by Alex Lynn. You guys probably remember him. He's been on the show many times before. If you haven't seen him before, he is a 24-year-old autism advocate. He was born in Taipei, Taiwan, 
He was diagnosed with ASD in October of 2013, and since he's been on a journey of advocacy and raising awareness for the condition that he has. He has co-funded a concert called Autism Rocks since 2016 when he was 17 years old. That's when we first met him. He did that when he was 17 with Ned Spector, who we really enjoyed too. And since then, he has co-hosted the concert five times. He's organized all five of the Autism Rocks concerts so far and is doing a sixth one just coming up in a couple of days at Universal City Walk Hollywood. It's on July 15th and it is from 7 to 9 p.m. Alex, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to be on the show. I mean, after I was uncertain whether I'll come back and do another Autism Rocks, um, I'm so glad that I get to say that I'm doing a sixth one. I can't believe it. Every year you tell us, I don't know, this might be the last one. And then you come back and do another one. It's like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, (laughs) And I was so excited when I heard you were doing number six. This is great. Tell us about this event. Who do you have performing? Uh, We have, this time we're partnered with the Flutie Foundation. uh, Flutie Foundation, uh, the Doug Flutie Foundation Jr., the, the, the Doug Flutie, the Doug Flutie uh, Foundation. It's a mouthful, but the Doug Flutie Foundation, yes. So you're you're partnering with them. That's wonderful. So who are the performers? Um, Sierra June, who is a very amazing, she's an amazing singer. She sings a lot of Adele songs before. Um, we have a Fiqui, who's a rapper from Missouri, flying into the concert. Uh, Sierra June is also flying in from the East Coast. And we have uh, Jacob and Sky Sky Velasquez. uh, Jake Velasquez was on AGT before. And he's coming to sing and perform at the concert. And uh, we have Aiden Boyer again coming back. And we have Ethan Feinschreiber from last year, who was a 14-time martial artist, uh, I think from Utah. We should say that people probably know Aiden Boyer the first time I ever saw Aiden Boyer was the last time you did the Autism Rocks concert, but then Aiden was just on American Idol this last yeah. year, very well known for being on American Idol. He he got quite far, um, and bless his heart, one of the things that happened was that, you know, some stuff happened and he had a meltdown, and and I thought he was just very brave allowing everybody to see and say, this is what it's like for me, and he got it back together, and, and a brilliant brilliant musician and Lionel Richie had said to him, you can play piano for me anytime that you want to. So he's going to be performing and keep going. Who else? Well, he, he had the meltdown and I didn't know that, but that's interesting. What's that? He had a melt. He had a meltdown. Yes. I had no idea. You didn't see that on American Idol. No, he had a meltdown I, I, and you know what? It like, it was, I, it was hard to watch cause I felt bad for him, but afterwards what I loved about the way that they covered it was that he had a meltdown and he got through it and then he came back and performed. And he said afterwards, this wasn't ideal. I, you know, I'm like, I feel bad that everybody saw that. He said, but this is what my life is like. This is what it is like for me. And then he was able to perform and the guy's brilliant. So I thought that I thought it was amazing that, that he went through that. I thought it was amazing the way, Idol dealt with it. I thought it was very respectful. Um, and I think a lot yeah. of people learned from it. But, um, and like I said, he got quite far. 
uh, before he was eliminated. So, <clears throat> brilliant, um, yeah. brilliant it, position. Did he, he, he have a panic attack on on the? On the no, on he stage? had like a meltdown. There was a lot going on. There was a lot sensory going on, and and he was and he just had a meltdown where he, you know. Uh, was very emotional and um, but he, I don't think he I, I don't know you ask him uh, I but it didn't yeah. seem like a panic attack it seemed like and he called it a meltdown so okay okay yeah I just want to make sure that I'll, I'll talk to him about it next time I see him but he but then he went on to perform which is what performers that's do you know that's, that's awesome I mean, uh, like, amazing yeah. young man <clears throat> okay so but who else do you have uh performing yeah we have a packed lineup this year um we have uh autism we have um one of our autism supporters who doesn't have autism dakota lotus um who performed last year and sophie picard from agt and another surprise guest which we can't we don't know yet but we're trying to find our final singer um final advocate supporter for autism and um and over the years you've had some real heavy hitters both performers on the spectrum and and supporters who weren't on the spectrum i mean i remember uh was it the first year that you had james durbin who just tore the place up uh and of course our audience knows logan shepherd you've had him perform before that was like a crazy good um and and you know you've had people go on that went on to go on America's Got Talent and and Aiden who was on American Idol. It's like it's almost like you've created a stage for people to get more experience as they go on to other things. But but you've also had some pretty impressive guest artists. And over the years, you've also had uh, celebrities send in clips, uh, in support of the event. Uh, what's your secret, Alex? How do you get all these people involved? I don't know. I'm just lucky. I'm lucky to have, I think it's more than that, Alex. Um, I work hard, I guess. Uh, I can't say, I I can't take the credit for myself. My, my producing team, Peggy, Iafredi, uh, Sean Afton, who came in last year has really helped out. Um, um, my friend Will, who, who co-hosted a concert at the second concert, um, got Blake, Blake Griffin and, and uh, Caitlyn Jenner to do a video for us. Um, and um, Mr. Ned Spector, of course, he yeah. helped me get in this video. Now, is, Ned, is Ned still involved? Unfortunately, um, he has been very busy. He has not been involved, but yeah. uh, Peggy has taken his place since the third concert and have taken uh, a lot of time to help me and mentor me since uh, she, the, she was a part of the Radio Disney Network before. Uh-huh. Uh, finding, co-funding, co-founding a lot of um, Radio Disney, that, Radio Disney uh, stations in the East Coast. And um, since then, she's been really teaching me the ropes about like producing the concert and being an event coordinator and Trying to like know how to like I internet I internet at her um, company, Shrig Entertainment Group, and um, it's been awesome. I mean, like having her is such a blessing. She's an angel. She definitely she loves helping people with autism, and she's not just saying that. She really she really cares about them so much. Wow. And 
I'm so glad that you give credit to all those people, but I think, Alex, this doesn't happen without you. And I think, I just want to say, as someone who considers, I consider myself a friend, you are tenacious. You are, you. <laughs> you are persistent and you are tenacious and in all the ways that you need to be successful. So I apply, I mean, I've watched you. You started this when you were a high school student. And the thing that Ned Spector said about you at the time was, because Ned was doing these events and you were a 16-year-old who came up to him and said, I, wanna, I want you to mentor me and I want to do this with you. And you would not let it go. And that's why it happened. And, and then you've continued to do it every year. And, and every year you say, I don't know if we're going to do another one because this is hard. This is really hard putting these events together. And for people, people who don't understand, this isn't some little concert. You do this at Universal Studios Hollywood in the City Walk. Like, it's, Area. it's serious business, uh, big time uh, for, you know, thousands of people. Let's talk about, is there a ticket price? No, it's not. People can come and go as they, as, as, uh, as they wish. Yeah. Um, so amazing. So on the night this year, uh, it's on July 15th. Uh, at uh, seven, from seven o'clock to nine p.m., you need to be at Universal City Walk, um, and then you, you know, you you were able to be there, and everybody dances and has a good time. Uh, in the past, sometimes uh, Universal, when you've pulled into the parking garage, if you said you were there for the concert, sometimes they would allow you in for free. Are they doing that this year, or do people just need to try and see? Mm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. Okay. I have to ask Universal that. But I will tell them when you pull into the. It's not that much to park anyway. I went there last night for fireworks. You know, we're taping this ahead of time, but um, it's not that much. It's ten dollars for the whole car. Uh, go and park. But say to them, I'm here for Autism Rocks. Is there complimentary parking? It might be, um, or you pay ten dollars, and that's it for the whole car. It's a really lovely evening of inspiration and talent and uh appreciation i always tell the story of the first year that you guys did it and you guys were doing a sound check earlier in the day and joanne laura was there with her students and they were performing they were doing dance and i was taking pictures down you know where the audience would be and a woman came up to me and said what is this and i said this is autism rocks and she said those she said i would never have believed because some of the people in joanne's group were pretty profoundly affected. And, and she was like, I would never have believed that this was possible for individuals on the spectrum. And I've always said to you afterwards, if you ever doubt that you're doing something important, that was just one person during the sound check. Imagine the number of people that you have changed their minds about what autism looks like and what talent looks like through these events, Alex. Um, you're doing a good job. Thank you so much. I really, it, is, it really warms my heart to hear that. Yeah. But we want, we want to say again that the event is on July 15th, 2023. It's from seven to nine. You have to be at universal city walk in Los Angeles. And, um, <clears throat> there's so many things to do there. It happens from seven to nine, but you know, get there early so that you've got a good vantage point uh, plan on dancing because everybody dances and does whatever. Now, did I hear that you're also going to be doing a live stream of it too, Alex? 
Uh, yeah, live stream on Autism Rocks events at Autism Rocks events on Instagram and hopefully on our YouTube channel too. Okay. All right. And is there a place where they can watch old concerts from the past? Oh, yeah. We have some videos on our YouTube channel. Um, you can access it on autismrocksevents.org. Um, I think we actually have some of it, too, on our channel. If people put in Autism Rocks, they probably can find either past interviews with you or there might be little snippets from things over the years when we were there. What else do you want to tell our audience? Because we're almost out of time. Um, please come to our concert. This time is the big, it's probably one of the biggest concerts we've ever done before because there are nine people, probably nine people performing and it'll be a night of spectacular talent. And And it's uh, free. You just can't beat that. It's free. Yeah, free. You'll love it. And, um, it's this time I'm doing it. And I, I, I hope I can do a seventh time. I hope I can. Um, wow. and eighth time and the ninth time. I hope I can continue doing it every year because I love it and I really think that I mean, people can think like, do you really change lives? Blah blah. blah. I, I believe I do. I mean, you can just you can just hear it from Aiden or Logan, and I mean, I heard it from Aiden. Like, I was like, did you think I changed like Audrey the Rocks changed your life? And he said he he really feels like it did. So, you know, hearing that's enough for me to continue doing this. Yeah. Because it means it's helping people, and that's all I care about. I don't care what other people say or my other family members or whatever say, like, oh, doubt about my concert, but I really think it helps other people understand what autism is, and that's all that, all that, that is blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry to say that. To no, 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 you're fine. Uh, and one last thing, tell us, there is there a theme for this year that's a little bit different than in the past? Yeah, last year was about boundaries, and people with autism might cross the boundaries. But this year, we talked about inclusion because um, I want to talk about like the powerfulness of people including others on the on the spectrum. And if they give them an opportunity, like they'll get to know each other. People on and off the spectrum, if they communicate more, understand each other more, they'll have it'll be better, and people will understand each other like more better when I have any misunderstandings. So uh, I really encourage people not on the spectrum to include people on the spectrum. So people on the spectrum can know what people on and off the spectrum want and they can communicate with each other and it will be a better world because of it. Trust me, my friends, my friends all do did that for me. And uh, that's why I'm, I am the person I am today. I'm so thankful that they included me because if they didn't, I probably would have like had a very crappy life to be honest. So I'm so blessed to have the friends I have and the support, the support I have for my family and friends because of inclusion. That's so important. Well, Alex, I'm so proud to have known you for the last however many years. And I've watched you, my goodness, go through high school go through college, go through a pandemic, all of this while you continued to bring these concerts in years where you could. There were a couple of years where no one could do a concert because of the pandemic. But, um, you know, I think, as I said, you know, you are tenacious with a capital T. You are persistent with a capital P. I have no doubt that, you know, they, they always say, 
You, who are the three people that you would call if you needed to get something done or call the president or whatever? And I have no doubt that you are going to do amazing things in your life. And you are going to be one of those three phone calls for me throughout my life because you're somebody who gets stuff done. Uh, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate the work that you're trying to do for yourself and others to be included. And um, it's important work that you're doing. So congratulations again. It's July 15th, 2023 at the Universal Studios Hollywood at their outdoor stage. If you just park and walk into the city walk, you'll see the big stage that's there. It's right by the food court. You can get yourself something to eat and sit and enjoy the concert and and have a good time. I'm sure it's going to be packed because it's packed all the time anyway, uh, Universal City Walk. It's a, it'll be a really good time. July 15th, 2023, 7 to 9 p.m. It is free. And tell us again where they should go if they're, if they're not in Los Angeles and they want to watch it live stream. Tell them specifically where to go, Alex. On um, at Autism Rocks events on Instagram um, for a live stream. And um, what's your YouTube at- channel? Or my YouTube channel, you can look it up at autismrocksevents.org. You press the YouTube YouTube uh, okay. icon, and then you you can go into my YouTube channel, and you probably see a live stream coming, okay. like coming over there. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Alex, I I so appreciate you being on the show. We please give my love to your parents. Of course, I will. Yeah. All right. Of course. You take care, my friend. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, back to the studio. Welcome back. We've had tons of uh, technical difficulties, but I think we have Dr. Salim with us. Dr. Salim, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just wonderfully, and I think our audience can too. Woohoo! We have overcome. Yes. <laughs> Finally. Finally, oh I know you were working hard. We were working hard, but thrilled to have you. All Thank right. You tell so us much. how you say your name because I slaughtered it once or twice. I'm just saying. So my name is uh, Dr. Salim al Nuemi, uh, but everyone calls me Dr. A. All my patients, everyone. Dr. Dr. A. a. Caesar. Okay. Caesar. I can say Dr. <laughs> a. a. Okay, Dr. Awesome, a. a. Our our time has diminished now. So, and I, no said a, I said a lot about what you had sent me, but let's start with talking about what is the name of the game that you guys are working on? So the name of our game is called The Scent of Silence. Um, Yeah, go ahead. You say what you want to say. Sure, awesome. So The Scent of Silence is really uh, one of the very first games, I think, out that we want to start to work on in raising awareness about the autism spectrum in kind of a more unique way, in a way that can promote uh, inclusion and reduce sort of the difficulties around understanding autism because such a wide spectrum and people kind of have very serious stereotypes um, and and tend to sort of look at things from a very negative perspective um, and just the research we're trying to we're trying to really connect between the science as well as the art of the video gaming aspects as well um, so for example the science clearly shows that if you have a character that uh, takes on the roles of the challenges of uh, someone on the spectrum then people are a lot more w- likely to connect with that and empathize. Um, and that's really the main goal that we really want to reach out, looking at really the sensory and kind of language-based differences that you can see on the spectrum. 
Wonderful. And so this game is in development right now, but one of the things that you are reaching out to us for is that you'd like for people to fill out a survey. We've, we've told them where to go. We'll put it on the screen again. Tell awesome. us what, what will they find when they go to the survey site? Yeah, so it's it's on our website. Uh, you can see kind of everything about us, what we're, our company is about, and why we're sort of doing this game. And the survey is just a short, I think it's about nine questions. We're just trying to get a sense from the market and the people um, because, you know, I may have ideas. Uh, you know, the choir that we're preaching to also has their ideas, but I think we're trying to reach out to individuals that haven't really connected with uh, other people who may be on the autism spectrum or don't really have much of an understanding because we're trying to reach out to the masses and to the general population to really hopefully be able to make a dent into the stereotypes and into uh, raising awareness and understanding. And But is, is there a component of, I'm, I'm sure you're aware that people on the spectrum are going to play this game. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. and for yeah. them, I think in a obviously everybody who's on the spectrum is different from everybody else who's on the spectrum. So they are also going to be learning about, oh, this person sees this this way, I see this this way. But are there other aspects of this that you think people on the spectrum are going to really enjoy? Yeah, I I think um, first off, having sort of a a playable character that they may resonate with. Uh, and we're going to try to also create other focus groups as well from the general population to maybe more pe- more specific people on the spectrum to get their feedback. Because at the same time, we don't want to do things that are insensitive to, to, to people and their feelings. Um, and when, when people can see that this is sort of somewhat of a gamified reflection, and I think that's where we can use things like a bit of humor. We can, you know, uh, uh, take something that may be quite serious and make it look like in a different light. And that's more of a positive light that we're trying to focus on wow. uh, as well, rather than seeing them as, as something negative or stereotyped. Right. Tell us why this is so important to you and to your company. Yeah, so our company, Merry Minds Technology, is essentially based on the idea that mental health issues, especially in young people and children, is at like a major crisis point. And we're trying to use technology and specifically video games to try to teach people coping skills and coping mechanisms as well as raising awareness. Now, we started off with, with autism for maybe two reasons. Um, one is uh, professional, um, you know, just a few months ago, the CDC in the U.S., right, they, they posted new data saying that one in 36 children uh, is now on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that's, that's a huge change from where it was even when I was training. Um, and more and more people are, are being diagnosed onto the spectrum, and there's a lot of, you know, blaming, judgment, uh, self-stigma even around this whole issue. And I see that a lot uh, professionally, and I think at a personal level as well. So I've been blessed with a set of uh, twins, twin boys. They're four years old now, and um, they're neurodiverse. Uh, They struggle a lot with neurosensory issues. Um, You know, they're quite premature, and and they've had some, you know, language difficulties, etc. They're not on the autism spectrum, but do you recall the mask mandates and all that craziness that was happening with COVID, right? I just remember like sheer humiliation and being completely like signaled out on a plane while we were traveling in Canada uh, because, you know, they weren't wearing their masks and they were two years old. And I had a medical letter saying that, you know, 
they, they have some difficulties with the sensation of the mask. So they couldn't put it on. And just the utter sort of ignorance and lack of understanding and awareness um, kind of really struck me. Yeah. So it was, um, and I can imagine, you know, I, and I've seen it. I see it a lot with my, you know, families, the parents, families themselves. Even studies show this. You know, parents uh, who are caregivers to children with mental health or uh, autism spectrum um, uh, d- disorder are more likely to be stigmatized versus if their children had physical disabilities or like obvious disability that people could see, um, such as Down syndrome or something like that. So I, I think. There's a professional, so personal reason why we need to, everyone needs to be really tackling this, especially if we're looking at, you know, this is not rare. This is a very, very prevalent condition. So, you know, we should all get on the same page to make a difference for everybody because we're going to be dealing with someone on the spectrum, you know, in one way or another. But I love the fact that you're doing it with games because we know that is Mm -hmm. where the young people are. Um, if you're, exactly. you know, when people say, oh, well, we want to increase awareness. And so we're running television ads and, and I'm sitting there going, I don't know any teenagers who are watching television. Uh, <laughs> they're on YouTube and they're on their gaming systems. Right. So it's yeah. catching your yeah. audience where they are. And, and we always talk here about how, when you're educating, it has to be fun and it has to be personally rewarding. Otherwise people don't learn. Um, this is just a basic, basic concept. And, and I have seen in my life, the, the young people in my life learn a lot from watching video games. I, I remember mm-hmm. when my son was a certain age and he was quoting Shakespeare. And I said, mm-hmm. are the, are, is that from your English class? He said, no, I learned that in this game that I was playing. And I went, okay, then. Uh, we can't just, I, I think my generation tends to go, oh, video game's bad. Um, and we can't be in that mindset anymore. This is where mm-hmm. our where our youth is, and we need to help steer them towards the right things. So talk a little bit. Of, I love your mission. Talk a little bit about why you chose the name that you did and what does it signify? Yeah, so the scent of silence um, really signifies the union around the neurosensory kind of experience, right? Like silence doesn't have a scent to it, but at the same time, I think because uh, I actually was hearing you earlier uh, while I were trying to figure out these technical issues, and, and you mentioned something about how people on the spectrum actually have a lot more emotions yeah. and, ex- and experience a lot of empathy and emotions, but kind of a lot more so than others. And, and I really do see that even in my clinical practice where there's a lot more anxiety and obsessiveness and worrying which then may may you know cause other challenges or sure. difficulties, but they're extremely emotionally connected in some capacity, but but struggle in other ways. And I think the silence part is reflective of the loneliness, of the not being understood, of the stigma aspect of kind of being, you know, the other. Yeah. Um, so we're we're trying to look at tackle it from sort of those both both directions of looking at some of the neurosensory challenges, but also at the fact that you know, young people and even adults on the spectrum are much more likely to suffer from internalizing conditions such as depression or anxiety um, uh, as well. Amazing. So we wanted, we've told people earlier, but we want to remind them your website, www.meerminds, that's M-E-R-E-M-I-N-D-S dot C-A because you're in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and then if you want to take the survey, all you have to do is a, a backslash survey and you can take the survey, which would really be helping you out a lot, correct? 
Yes, yeah, really going to help us kind of understand what people are looking for, where we can go. Uh, and again, we're very open to any sort of collaborations. Like we're very flexible. Uh, again, we're like a social enterprise business, right? Mm -hmm. We're here to sort of try to impact a positive change. And you know, just your comment about the video games. Another very important thing I just wanted, just a quick second about that is, unlike other companies, we're not just in the entertainment aspect of video games so video games are usually broken down into this purely entertainment based or they're very therapeutic and the therapeutic based games are a bit too dry they're not fun young people actually don't play them yeah and you only find like certain people playing those games who may be suffering from specific conditions or specific issues we were so close we were so close to the end uh we were so close to the end but I do I want to finish his thought because I know where he was going, that this video game melds the fun with that educational piece, right? Which is the thing that we're always trying to get to. Unfortunately, we are out of time, and I feel so bad that we lost him when we did. I don't, I don't know what's up with the Internet today. But um, I do want to urge you guys, go and take the survey. So again, you want to go to mereminds.ca slash survey. And you can take a look at, they have screenshots of the game and there's more information about the game as well. I hope that you will check it out. My last question for him was going to be, when do you anticipate this coming to market? But we'll have to wait to find that out. It's, it's a cliffhanger. Uh, I do want to let you know that tomorrow it's Stories from the Spectrum. And then on Friday, we have a new episode of Let's Talk All the Things with Rachel and Shannon Rachel Bird is joining me. She's got an amazing lasagna recipe, you guys. And we're going to talk... Okay, let's bring him back in for one question. Uh, but we're going to be talking about all things summer, things we did when our kids were little, because uh, she's Kobe Bird's mom, and you know whose mom I am. And then we're going to be talking about things we do now for summer to help us through the summer. But Dr. A, are you back? I'm totally here. My last question to you is when do we expect this game to be out? When can we purchase it, do you think? Do you have an estimate? Um, so far, our timeline, we're looking at hopefully between 8 to 12 months. Okay. Hopefully. And I yeah. finished your thought off for you because I think what you were trying to say is that this game melds the two together, right? It's not boring. You are bang on, Shannon. Yeah. I am very impressed. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Vulcan mind meld, you see? Um, awesome. Well, we can't wait uh, to see this game when it comes out. Stay in touch with us. I hope you get a lot of people taking the survey. Really appreciate all your help. Thank you all to all the listeners. And Thanks again, for my apologies sticking with through all the, the, the stuff. tech issues. Awesome. We Thank overcame. you so much. Really appreciate all right, it. Awesome. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, you guys. we got to sign off. We're over. But I want to say to you, don't miss tomorrow's Stories from the Spectrum. And then on Friday, let's talk all the things with Rachel and Shannon. We're, gonna, we're taking on all the summer things. We've got great tips for you for how to survive the next month before they go back to school. Uh, and have it be fun for you too. So uh, tune in for that. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram for important updates. And please download our free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. See you next time.